down uh, the questions that came up. So the first one I, I don't have a source for in Svarim, but I spoke to uh, Rabbi Olbaum, and uh, it's, it's, I think it's a, it could be it's a Dover Pasha, but I just wanted to mention. I was asked um, this week if someone has a non-Jewish co-worker that unfortunately passed away, and they're having a wake. So he asked me, can I go? So the first question I asked is, where is the wake going to be? If it's going to be in a church, that's, uh, that's a whole different thing, as I'll talk about in a moment. He said, no, it's going to be in a funeral home. So I said, I'm not aware of a problem. Called Rabbi Obama. He said, it's fine. There's no, there's no uh, hakpada. He said, should he go? I said, that, that's up to you to decide. I can't tell you whether to go. But there's no problem if it's going to be in a funeral home. It's not a religious ceremony, and that's fine. Now, he said, what if it's in a church? So what I told him is ask someone else. I'll, I'll tell you why. There are different Rabbanim have different approaches when it comes to that. I, I'm affected by the fact that when I learned the sugya of going into a church, now the iser of going into a church is marisayim. That's, that's the problem. Obviously, it's not iser hachnasa. Marisayim, the gemara, there's a mission of Vodizara that the day of a holiday, you wouldn't be allowed to enter a city on the day of the holiday because it looks like you're partaking in the festival. So for that reason, the post can say you're not allowed to enter a church because, uh, because it looks like you're doing uh, something, that, you know, praying to whatever. It looks like you're doing Avedizar. It's a very, very severe thing. And by the way, for the record, Marisayan is a problem. There's a Shiloh. People ask me all the time, whenever I mention Marisayan, this is an aside, whenever I mention Marisayan, they say, there's no one around. So you should know, is the Machlekes, Ramah and the Shach, in Yeridea, the famous Shiloh of Marisayan by Yeridea, is I want to cook meat in margarine. So that's Marisayan, because it looks like you're cooking milk and meat together. There's a machloike shach and rama over there. Is there marisayin on something that is only a rabbinic prohibition? Meaning, marisayin means I'm doing something that doesn't look good. Let's say it's exactly what it looks like. It's really, really bad. How bad is it? If it looks like I'm doing a biblical prohibition, that's marisayin. If let's say, even with the misunderstanding of what I'm doing, it's at all, it's, it's at most rabbinic. I'll give you an example. I'm taking chicken and I'm cooking it in fake milk. Even if it's real milk, chicken and milk together is only rabbinic. I'm not just cooking, I'm eating it, because I'm cooking I'm eating chicken in, in fake, uh, fake cheese. Chicken, even if it was real cheese, is only rabbinic. So, there's a machlekes, the Ramah feels that there's no marisayin. If worst case scenario, it looks like you're doing a rabbinic prohibition. The shach disagrees. The shach says, there is marisayin. And they argue with each other. So how do we paskin? So there's a third view, which is how we follow. And that is the sheet of Taisvis. And it's brought down by the Biralach and Hilcha Shabbos, that the Shulchan Aruch says you're not allowed to hang clothing that's wet on a, on a clothing line. We don't really have clothing lines anymore like they used to, but you have an old school laundry clothing line. You're not allowed to hang up wet clothing on Shabbos. Why? Because it looks like you did laundry. It's marisayin. That says the Shulchan Aruch. So it says the Bir Alocha, what if there's no people around? The whole point of marisayin is because it looks bad. There's no one around for it to look bad in front of. So it says the Bir Alocha like this. If what it looks like is an Iser Do Raisa, then it's a problem even if there's no one around. It's a problem for you to do something that looks like an Isidar Isa, even if there's no Jew around. If what it looks like is an Isidar Abanon, then there's only a problem if there's Yidin around. That's the third middle Mahalach of, of Taisvis. So the point is over here, so, so going into a church, even if you'll say, well, there's nobody around. Yeah, but it looks like you're, you're being involved in Avodah Zarah. It won't be a Heter. So, because the whole thing is Marisayan, the Paiskim discussed the following case. I'm not going to get involved in the answer, but I'll tell you, this scared me away from getting involved. You know, like there's a Shiloh we had in Dafyoimi a couple weeks ago. 
couple weeks ago, I think. The, the, the Gemara had, it was a very short Gemara, and the Gemara talked about cutting down a fruit tree. Okay? The Gemara said that you're not allowed to. Okay? But then the Gemara said that if, let's say, the whole fruit tree, cutting down a fruit tree is Baltashkas. It's a problem Baltashkas. That's the Yisra Baltashkas. The, the, the way but people say about Baltashkas that if you have extra chicken that you can't throw it out, that, that's not. Baltashkas is do not destroy a fruit tree. That's the Yisra Deraisa. Says the Gemara. Again, if there was a Zichru guy here, they would know. I don't remember what Daf. We had it in Daf Yomi the last couple weeks. There's a Gemara says that let's say the, the tree is worth more as firewood than the fruit. So the Gemara says you can cut it down. The whole point of Baltashka is that it's wasteful. It's not wasteful to cut it down. It's more valuable as firewood. That's the Gemara. So you walk away from that Gemara and you're like, okay, it doesn't seem like such a severe thing. It's mutter. It's mutter under 95% of the time you can cut down the tree. Why is everyone so worried about cutting down a fruit tree? I have, I have on my house, the side of my house, we have a, we have a grape, uh, uh, called a grapevine. It's the most annoying thing. Raccoons come every year. I can't sleep in the sukkah because the raccoon come and eat the tree. I can't get rid of it. Why is it such a big deal? You wonder why it's such a big deal? And why I bought them, don't go near it? Because there's a sheet of, of Rav Yaakov Emden. Rav Yaakov Emden writes that in that same Gemara, it says that one of the Amaroim, I think it might have been Rav Kahana, I don't remember the name. It's Rav Kahana, Rav Chizda. One of the Amaroim said his son died because they cut down a tree. Says, says Rav Yaakov Emden, even with the heterim to cut it down with the firewood, that just means that the iser is removed. Danger is still there. Still dangerous for the family. So because of this, whenever people ask, Rabbi Oben has a very lengthy tshuva about how to cut down a fruit tree and what's the permissible way. I don't touch it. I don't go near it because I don't, I don't mess around with that. Even with the heterim, someone could still die. God forbid, I'm not going to get involved. So I'll tell you why I don't like to get involved with the heter of desire. Like there's a shita, there's a Rabbi Oben talks about this and other paiskim. There are paiskim that are mefurish mekel. Let's say you have, the case was someone asked me recently is that... Um, so the case was that uh, he had to deal with like a, I don't know, like a speaking arrangement, whatever like this, and his, his company had uh, hired, basically they were going in a hall, and he didn't realize until he got there the hall was in a church. It was like, in the, in the, in, not, in the, not in the, you know, the base tifla or something, like, not the place, but it was inside, but it was, on, it was on the, so he asked me, so I said, don't ask me. He said, yeah, but what if I was asking someone else? <laughs> so I said, okay. So I, the place came on Makel. Uh, there are places that are makel into such a situation because the whole problem is Marisayan. You're not going to the place where they pray. Everyone knows that there's a hole there. You're going with the other people. And uh, okay, why don't I go near it? Because there's a Shaila in the Rishonim. The Rishonim said, what happens? They used to have this concept that if you run to a church and you'd say, uh, you know, like, uh, it would protect you. Let's say you're Chayav Misa. If you run to the church, that was like a, like a salvation, you would be saved. The, the Galuch, the priest, would save you. The question is, can you enter a church to protect yourself? Because it's Marisayan, but it's a, it's a machloikas. So, because of this, again, how we paskin is not the point. Because of this, I don't, I don't, I get involved. There's a Shiloh that Paiskim have, the Paiskim, Mormonide Paiskim, are you allowed to go to, to vote? Sometimes the voting areas is in a church. Ask your Rav, I don't, I don't like to get involved because something that's so severe that they're posting the question, you'll have to go to protect yourself physically. I, I, I don't want to get involved. But over here, going to awake, if it's in a church, you have to ask a Shaila. And, and you'll ask a Shaila, and if the Rav feels comfortable giving a Heter, I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm, I, I believe that I don't give Heterim to these things. I, I get very nervous. I don't like to get involved. But if it's outside of a church, if it's just in a funeral home, I, I, don't, I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, you should know that uh, the Halach is 
the Shaila, it's a good thing to know. There's a Shaila that a lot of people are familiar with of whether Christianity is Avodizara and all these things and it's Minigavisim. All these jargon, all these machloiksim, all these Shailas, that's for Goyim. For Yidin, it is still 100% Avodizara, nothing has changed. It was always Yahargavaryavar, it will always be Yahargavaryavar. From our perspective, it hasn't changed. The Minigavisim Biyadenu is, is, is from their perspective. There are certain halachas that are stringencies for Goyim. For that, okay, maybe their holidays, they don't take it as seriously, they won't praise their gods as much as you. For us, it's the same, Yaharag Valyavar, zero has changed in the history of the planet regarding Klal Yisrael. Like there's a shaila of whether they believe, again, I'm not going into it because the, kind of, the whole topic kind of makes me nauseous, but what they believe in how they split up with the Trinity, whatever Zachin is, there's a shaila in the Rishonim of whether it's Avodazar. The Rambam, there's a Rambam who says that it is and it was censored, and there's the Rosh about it, there's the Ramah, I'm not going into it, it's a whole shaila in the place. But that whole shaila is only for Goyim. Because Goyim have one of their Sheva Mitzvahs, but in Oyach, is there not allowed to do Avodah The question is, is Christian Avodah For a Yid, we're Bonim Lamakim. A child has to recognize his father in the classic, perfect way. And therefore, for a Jew, it is Yehargh Valyavr. It always was Yehargh Valyavr. And, and, and that, 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 that was never a Shiloh for Yidin. For Goyim, okay, Efshes Machlegis. But for Jews, it's 100%, uh, 100% hasn't changed. A couple more things. Um, so this is a Shiloh, this is a Halacha that just a lot of people don't know. It's not a big deal. This is just like the definition of nitty-gritty. But it's just, it's something, you know, just something to, to be aware of. In the beginning, the Gemara in Brachis brings down that it's a machlekes, Beishamai Beishillel, what does Beishach B'chavukumecha mean when it comes to Shema? Beishillel says, Beishach B'chavukumecha means time. You say Shema in the morning, when people get up. You say Shema at night, when people lie down. Beishamai takes it very literally. Up, standing. You have to say Shema in the morning, standing, and Shema at night, lying down. They're very, very particular. And the Gemara, the Mishra brings down that Rav Tarfin would lie down at night because he was a Talmud of Beishama and he almost got killed because a robber almost killed him. And the Gemara says, well, you should almost get killed for following Beishama. Fine. Now, here's the general rule. We, we, we will allow you to follow Beishama. We always follow Beishillel. Beishillel is how we pass him. We will allow you to follow Beishama if it's not in the face of Beishillel. Like, if Beishillel doesn't mind, if it's like, I don't care, do whatever you want. So, this is the halacha. You could say Shema however you want. You could say it's standing up. You could say it's sitting down. You could say it lying down. Because Beis Hillel doesn't care. They're worried about the time. They're not worried about how you do it. But what you cannot do is do something that looks like you're following Bishamai. Therefore, it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch in Simen Samach Gimel Sif Beis. That if, let's say, in the morning. So according to Bishamai, how do you say Shema in the morning? Stand up. If a person is sitting, and then all of a sudden, by Shema, he stands up to say Shema, it is Aser. And so Shulchan Aruch writes... If you're sitting, and then you decide you're standing up for Shema, it is also to do this, it's considered a rebellious person because you're specifically doing something that looks like Bishama. And by the way, the opposite is more common. At night, you're standing, you're standing, and then it's Shema, and you sit down. And I see this every night. I see people sit down specifically for Shema at night. According to Bishama, that's not allowed. Because according to Shulchan Aruch, you're not allowed because you're following Beishamai. Because Beishamai says to say Shema sitting down, and you're standing and you're sitting, it, it's not allowed. It's brought down by the Mishabura to be Machbed like this as well. Now I will say this. The Aruch HaShulchan says the only time it's allowed is if it's not clear. Let's say in the morning you want to stand up because you're tired. But if you stand up, it looks like you're standing up for Beishamai. So says the Aruch HaShulchan, you know what you could do? Get up to go get a sitter. To get up to go get a tissue. Then, or the, actually, the Archa Shulchan's case is where there are people that are fidgety. And if you notice, I've, I've, my, my mother and my sisters have noticed that uh, ever since they have like a balcony, 
that Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, all the women sit and they stay in the same spot, like the whole davening. The men, it's, there's just there's so much movement. We, we're very fidgety people, but there's a lot of movement. So the Archa says, let's say you have someone who's just getting up and he's sitting down, getting up and sitting down throughout davening. He's just such a person can get up and sit down because it's, it's clear he's just a fidgety person. It's not clear. But if you have someone that's sitting and then by Shema, he stands up in the morning, that's not allowed, and vice versa. If you're standing up, if you want to sit down by Shema, by Friday night, uh, by, by Mayriv, sit down by the brachas of Shema. Don't sit down bedafka et shema. It's a very subtle halacha, but it's something that I, I just don't think people are aware of. So if I could just, you know, bring it to people's attention. Um, we'll just run through. I have a couple more, and then I'm happy to, uh, happy to take all the questions. Uh, this is something I mentioned Friday night, but I just want to mention for the recording because more people. Um, uh, the, the, the question about having your feet facing the door uh, now, people think it's, the problem is the head. That, 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 the, the, the source is the feet. Now, where does it come from? Uh, like I said, the reason why I love Ravavadya so much is because whenever a Shaila comes up, he always, first thing is he tells you the source. You've got to know what the source is. When people don't know if something is Deraisa, Derabonon, or Minig, it creates a confusion. I've, been, I've spoken to certain people, especially in the Hasidic background, that because they don't know that, I've, been, I've spoken to Hasidim that they went off the derech. One of the reasons is because they thought that if they eat chal of stam, they don't eat chal of Yisrael. It's the same as Machal Shabbos. Because to them, it's all, if, they, if, they cut their, if they trim their beard, it's mamash like eating chazer. So once they trim their beard, why not eat chazer? And it, it is a legitimate problem if you don't understand. There's Doraisa, there's Darabanon, and there's Minig. And then within Minhagim, there's older Minhagim and newer Minhagim. And if you understand the background, you'll be able to be much more comfortable. So the question is, is there a problem with having your feet facing the door? Having your bed with your feet facing the door. So there is a, there is a minig like this. Um, the reason for it is, so the only, the only source that I found is I have a sefer called Shailas Rav. Shailas Rav is one of those svarim that came out where they asked Rechaim Kanievsky like 5,000 questions, one-liners, and he answered them. And in Shailas Rav, in the first volume, Davkuf Memheg. This is the only makar that I've I found for it. If anyone finds one that's legitimate, I'm happy to you know add it to the next year. But he says, that you should not have your feet facing the door. Where's the makar? Serv Chaim said, Makpidin or Makpid, because that's how they treat a dead body. Now what he's referring to is the Gesher Chaim. That the Gesher Chaim says that if someone dies, one of the first things that the Chavar Kedisha will do is they will lower the dead body to the ground and lie the body on the ground. And the way they will position the body is with the feet facing the door. So because of that, you don't sleep with your feet facing the door. Now, I mentioned also on Shabbos that there's a Chassam Soifer, that the Chassam Soifer, perhaps this is why they have the feet facing the door, the Chassam Soifer held, the Chassam Soifer says that the Minig is that when they bury a person in a cemetery, the, the feet of the body is always facing the entrance to the cemetery. And this is symbolic that we believe that they're going to get up and walk out. It's amazing. So says Rechaim, that's the minute. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't be careful with it? No, of course you should be makbid on minhagim to the best of your abilities. And, and the comment was, there are other minhagim that don't really have much of a makar. And, and she mentioned one minute. One minute that she mentioned um, is the week before the, the wedding, Ashkenaz and Mechaz and Kala don't see each other. Now, where's the makar for that? I looked into it. The earliest I found for it is the Sefer Minhagim of Chabad. Now, Rav Shleim Azalman brings it down in his, you know, advice for Hassanim. It's definitely something. It's not a very old minig, meaning it's an old minig, not sourced. It could be that they've been mocked about it for hundreds of years. But let's say with that minig, right? What happens 
the purpose, there's a shy of what the reason is. But let's say the poshup shot is we don't want to have fighting. Let them separate for a week. But what happens if you have a couple that the week before the wedding, because they're not seeing each other, they are having big fights. Like really, really, really big fights. You know what the, you know what the answer is? Let them sit down and talk. Because you have to know, it, it's, a, it's a nice minig, but, but it's not worth breaking your, your, your body over. So you have to know where... Yeah, so you, you have to, It's all these things. If it's derisive, you have to just know the, the hierarchy. So the, the point is, this is a very nice thing to be particular with. Have I found a very old mitic? No, I haven't found old sources. So let's say you have a situation where you're building your room. Should you build your room with your bed facing the door? No. But let's say it's already built that way. And now to, to, to change it would cost a lot of money, or it's causing fights. And why would people fight about this? Because people fight about ridiculous things. So then, do you have what to, yeah, it's not the end of the world. This is just understanding where the source is. I'll read you a few lines that, after Belsky passed away, they came out with a safer. I, have, I actually have the, um, the PDF they sent out. It's called Piskei Ravelsky. It's, it's a, it's a you know, soft cover book of his, of his opinions. So in the safer, this is what he says. There are certain, these are his words, there are certain practices that we do not engage in because they are associated with the deceased and we do not wish to emulate a dead person. Therefore, one should not sleep with his feet, pace, feet pointing directly at the door. The custom, though, seems to be lenient, and one may sleep with either his head or feet pointing in the direction of the door. Nonetheless, one should not sleep with his feet directly in the position as if one is about to be removed from the room. So that's a nice thing if you could be makbid, but like I said, a situation comes up, ask a shayla, understand the hierarchy of halacha, and then, you know, we'll deal. A couple more things, then I'm happy to take questions. I have a couple more. Um, Okay, so someone asked me about waiting six hours after aged cheese, hard cheese. So it's very interesting, by the way. Um, <laughs> Ramay Shishita. So the, the, the Ramah brings down three opinions regarding waiting after dairy. Right? Let's say you wait six hours after meat. So how long do you have to wait after dairy? So the Ramah brings down three opinions. One opinion is that you have to wait a full amount for all dairy. Meaning, if you have a bowl of cereal, you have to wait six hours. Nobody does that. There's another opinion that you don't have to wait at all for anything. And then says the Ramah, there's the middle view, which is what we follow, and that is for aged cheese, we wait six hours, or one hour, three hour, whatever you wait. And for non-aged cheese, you don't have to. And says the Ramah, yesh makilin, there are those that are lenient with aged cheese, and don't, don't, don't give them musr, but, it's, but that, the minute is evolved that we follow that third view, that aged cheese, you have to wait six hours, or whatever. It could be the reason why people wait 30 minutes after dairy is because... If they're holding like the first view that all dairy requires waiting and they follow like the, the Dutch Jews to wait an hour and then a half hour is close to an hour, okay, fine, I was over. But we, we make. But Ramosha, by the way, in Igris Ramosha, again, I'll tell you a case I once had. I could be wrong. I, I was younger. I didn't have time to ask a Shaila. Uh, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, I was uh, a, guy, a, a, a guy in uh, Yeshiva Shagai from the neighborhood was hacking me with a halacha. This, I was younger. And he asked me a very complex uh, kasha shayla. So I told him what I thought, and I said to him, you're living in Lakewood, uh, you know, ask, you have big rabbonim at every street corner, ask, you know. I said, it's harder over here in the neighborhood because a, a lot of the big rabbonim, it's, it's, they're fewer and it's hard to get a hold of them. So he said a very sharp line to me, and he said, if, I said, I don't live in Lakewood, so I can't, you know, like, so he said, if you were living in Lakewood, they wouldn't be asking you. So it's a very sharp line. I said, well, it's a good thing I'm not. Baruch Hashem, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, small, <laughs> the tiny, smaller pond, small fish, it's fine what it is. The kids are a Misa. So, um, I'll tell you the case that I had. I could be completely wrong. I'm not saying that anyone should follow this way, but this is just my thought process, and I'll explain to you. 
the case was that a woman called me that she had eaten a tiny piece of a Caesar salad that had a little bit of Parmesan, maybe. It was an hour before Shabbos. And because of this, she will not be able to eat anything Friday night. She will literally, every single dish outside of fish has meat in it. She will be sitting, Kimat, missing out on all shop. So I'll tell you Ramesh's Lashon. Let me just read you Ramesh's Lashon about waiting six hours. Now this should not be misconstrued that you should not wait six hours for aged cheese. You should be careful. It's Minig of Klal Yisrael and it's brought down as a shita. But Ramesh writes these words in Yeridei Simen Chavav. He says, Achar Gvina Kasha, after aged cheese, which is cheese that's aged six months, Yesh Lachmer Shleilachabasa, right? You should be machmer not to, to wait. Avuzer Rak Lachumra. This is a Chumra. Shemeikar Adin Mutter. Meaning, Meikar Adin. So my Cheshbin was. Now, with that being said, I wouldn't say that you know you could be leaving because you want to have a steak later. Of course not. My situation is that she's going to be sitting with her guests, not be able to have Onik Shabbos and just be sitting there, and it'll ruin her Shabbos, it'll ruin her husband Shabbos. The guests are going to feel uncomfortable because everyone's going to know that she's what. So okay, uh, you know, I said it, uh, whatever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's the end of the world. That, uh, but Lamaisa, this is something that particular we should be very particular to wait for six hours after HGs. Lamaisa, it's not something to be lenient unless it's mamish extreme seems circumstances. Yes, Kashayla, but it is minute quality Yisrael to be very very strict, and it's a chumra and it's brought down to wait six hours. Now I, I was asked if I could. By the way, there's a shita of of the Yad Yehuda. The Yad Yehuda says that if the cheese is melted in, you don't have to wait six hours. Okay, so if it's melted in, so let's say you'll have a, you have a big ziti, and it's got a lot of cheeses, mozzarella, and it has within it Parmesan, but it's melted in. So if it's melted in, they have what to rely on because it won't get stuck in between your teeth. Benishchai follows that way. Okay, fine. I will say this. So someone asked me if I could just... So I, I looked. This is not based on my own information. I think according to the FDA, it has to say how long it's aged on the bottle, on the package. So the the uh, the kosher kitchen by Rabbi Forst, Rabbi Binyamin Forst. So he lists these cheeses as have to wait: um, Asiago aged, cheddar aged, Parmesan. That's obviously the much more common one. Reggiano, Romano, and Swiss cheese from Switzerland. Not Swiss cheese from America. Swiss cheese from Switzerland is aged. Those you have to wait. Okay. Um, now just a couple more halachas, and then I'll uh, finish up. Uh, Okay, just a couple quick ones. Boom, boom, boom. Um, using a, a warm compress or an ice pack on Shabbos, uh, the Paiskam are lenient. Um, Pashtus, it's not considered medicine. There is a, right, we, we don't do medicinal activities unless you're a chola. Um, so let's say you just have a little bit of a mild ache in your shoulder and you want to put a, like a warm compress um, or an ice pack. The Paiskam are lenient, uh, like an icy hot thing. The Paiskam are lenient because. Um, uh, Pashtus, it's not considered an act of medicine if you're not consuming it or if it's just, they don't look at that as an act of medicine. Rechaim Kinevsky said sometimes people put warm compresses even when they're not choilas, they just, they find that it soothes them. So the Paiskim are not particular, that's a quick one. Uh, another one is, just someone asked me, if you ever notice in the back of men's suits, there's like a slit. So he just asked me, like, why do you not have to put on tzitzis? <laughs> it's, it's cut. So I, I'll say this, the reason why you don't have to put on tzitzis is because the cut does not go the majority of the way up. If the cut went the majority of the way up, you actually would have to put on tzitzis. But they're particular that it does not go uh, majority up. If, if, if you rip your suit in a way that it does go the majority up, if it's roiv pesuach, then you take a wood. It's dalit confus, right? It's two and two, it's four. And if it's cut the majority up, then, you know... It, 
Well, yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, but just mitzad the two alone, even if the back two are rounded off, you have four confis, even six confis, you'd have to at least put on the four. So then uh, the point is, it's not, it's not cut the majority of the way up. No, Pasha's not. There is a, by the way, if the four are, are shaped, are, are, are in the front, like your coat right here, there's two and two, that, that every coat on planet Earth has two over here, two by the collar, and two at the base, that the Shulchan Aruch already said does not require it. So it's just, just uh, again, it's Pasha, but there is, it, the Shulchan Aruch actually addresses that because the four have to be on all sides, not on the same direction. A um, couple more, and then, then uh, I'm happy to take... Uh, Questions. Um, oh, someone I just came up. I was, I was learning with your son. What if a person naps during the day? Is there a requirement to do an atilasidayim? And how long of a nap requires that? So it's very, very simple. In the morning, we wash natilasidayim in the morning. Um, and we actually make a bracha on natilasidayim. Now, there's a shaila of why do we make a bracha on natilasidayim in the morning. So the rush and the rajba uh, give different reasons. The rush says because you, you're washing your hands. Your hands are dirty and you want to daven shachris properly, so you have to wash your hands. Um, that's the reason, by the way, that we wash our hands for Minchan Mayrev also, at least we should. But the brach is only said by shachris. The Rajma says it's because you're a new Bria, a Bria Chadasha. Okay? And you're washing your hands like a Kayan washing his hands in the morning. But there's a third reason that doesn't require a bracha, but also very important, and that's to remove the evil spirit. That there's an evil spirit that rests on your hands, and in order to remove it, you have to wash your hands. But this does not require a bracha. Meaning, if the only reason you're washing your hands is for ruach ra, you're not going to do it with a bracha. You make the bracha because of the rush and the rajba for shachris. But the reason why you're washing your hands for the ruach ra doesn't require a bracha, but it does require a particular way to wash your hands. And that is, if you're just washing your hands for shachris so that your hands are clean in order to daven shachris properly, or if you're washing your hands because you're a new bria, like a kayan in the base HaMikdash, then you just do once and once, and you're fine, you're yaitze. But because we wash our hands in order to remove the evil spirit, the evil spirit will only remove if you wash it three times by interval. So right, left, right, left, right, left. That's the way to do it. If you wash right, 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 left, 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 like for bread, it will not leave. It's very particular. It will only leave in that way. Now here's the shaila. The shaila is if you sleep during the afternoon... Is there an evil spirit when you sleep in the afternoon? Or is the evil spirit only resting at night? The Shulchan Aruch brings it down, he says he's not sure. Because he's not sure, wash your hands. Now, okay, so therefore if you, if you take a nap during the day, if you sleep during the day, forget about a nap, you're, you're an all-nighter guy, and you sleep from 10 in the morning to 5 in the afternoon, you will wash your hands without a bracha, but you will wash your hands the way you will to remove the evil spirit. The question is, how long do you have to wash your hands for the potential evil spirit to come up? So the Shulchan Aruch says, Shitin Nishman. Shitin Nishman means 60 breaths. Now, what does that mean? That's how long David HaMelech used to nap. That's considered, if you sleep Shitin Nishman, it requires washing without a bracha the three interval way. How long is Shitin Nishman? The Bir Alacha brings down three views. Either three minutes, 30 minutes, Three hours. Says the Bir we go with the middle one, 30 minutes. So if a person naps during the day for 30 minutes or more, he should wash his hands three ways intervals in order to remove the evil spirit potentially without a bracha. That's, that's the length of time. If you nap for less than 30 minutes, we are not makbid, because then there's really no reason to, to, to wash your hands at all. Now, just one more halacha, and then I'll, two more halachas, and then I'll, 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 I'll finish up. Um, I think I've mentioned this in the past, and that is, does vitamins need a heksher? Do vitamins need a heksher? Now, I'm not talking about vitamins that are 
doctor ordered, those are, might be different. Listen, it's always good to get a hechsha for all these things, but let's say the doctor says, prenatal vitamin, you have to take this type, and if you don't, it's not good for the baby. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your standard zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, whatever, just... I like to take my vitamins. As my doctor told me recently, he, he's in the view that it's uh, expensive urine. But whatever, let's say, okay, you think it's a good idea, not a good idea, whatever it is, you want to take, take your vitamins. So is it, it, does it require a hechsher? So Ramosha's shita is as follows. Ramosha, this is in Igris Moshe Chelegimel Simenon Dalit. Ramosha was addressing whether you're allowed to take vitamins on Shabbos because you're not allowed to take medicine on Shabbos unless you're a real chola. But if you're just michush baalma, so it's just mild discomfort, we prohibit all acts of medicine because we're afraid you're going to come to grind. So the question is, can you take your vitamins, your vitamin D, on Shabbos? It's not like you're sick if you don't take your vitamin D. But so you want to take your vitamin D. Ramosha held you're allowed to. Why? Because Ramosha held. He, he, did, he never looked at vitamins as a medicine. A medicine fixes the body. Vitamins don't fix the body. The way Ramosha looked at vitamins, at least most vitamins, there are exceptions, but the average, I'm talking the average C, D, E, zinc type of thing. Ramosha looked at those vitamins as, you're supposed to get a certain amount of vitamin C in your diet, okay, or from the sun, whatever. Right? Ashkenazi Jews, we don't, what do we not get? We don't get D? What are we, not, what are we all deficient in? D, right, because we're... Is it because we're just inside all day? <laughs> okay, fine. So you're supposed to get di- vitamin D based on your diet, based on your lifestyle. But you're not getting enough. So he looked at it as like this. Your meal, when you go to eat dinner and you have a steak, potatoes, and broccoli, your pill is like a fourth thing on the meal. So you, you're, you're not eating, you're not taking medicine. It's you're eating steak, uh, potatoes, broccoli, and a vitamin pill. He looked at it as achila. Because of this, it created a leniency that on Shabbos you could take it because it's not medicine. But it created a stringency that because it's achila, it needs a heksher. You see, vitamins, uh, medicine, a bitter-tasting pill doesn't need a heksher because even if there's something that's not kosher in there, it's not eating it. But if you look at vitamins as eating, then it's eating. So Ramosha held that you should have a heksher. Now listen, there are those that disagree, but Baruch Hashem, at least in America, you could get all of these vitamins with a heksher. There are websites dedicated to it, so you definitely should. And the last Shaila I just want to mention, this is um, probably longer, because I managed two minutes. Uh, I was asked a couple days ago, someone told me that they made a bagel made out of yogurt. They used yogurt to make a bagel. So the question is, do you wash on it? So I asked, does it taste like bread or does it taste sweet? Said it tastes mamish like bread. You can't you can't tell the difference. So I told it like this. I said this is uh, that's a Mizonas roll. Now, uh, you know I, I'm I'm affected by who I learn by. I read Rav Belsky, and I could send it to anyone who wants Rav Belsky in the first volume of Masora. Masora you can find it online. Masora was a Torah journal put out put out by the OU. It had Rav Soloveitchik, Rav Ignak, Rav Shechter, and Rav Belsky. Velsky in the first volume talked about two things. He talked about pizza, the bracha on pizza, which we can talk about next time, and he talked about the bracha on Mizonas bread. Mizonas bread is on every airport, airline. They have a roll. It says Mizonas on it, stamped Mizonas. Ravelsky felt very strongly, and he's a very convincing writer. And if you learn his whole tshuva, I think you'll be convinced as well. He thinks the whole thing is made up. So let me just very, very bekitzer, very, very bekitzer explain. Um, for something, every, bread is bread. Uh, except there's a category called Passover B'Kissin. Passover B'Kissin means that it's Mizonos. 
until you eat enough of it, in which case it's hamotzi. But it's mizonas. What's possible with kisin? So the shulchan aruch thing is a kuf samaches sif zayin or something. Kuf samzayin sifches. It's one of those. Kuf samaches sif zayin. I think also. He says that there's three categories of possible with kisin. They're by their nature more uh, snacky type foods, and that's crackers, pie, or sweet doughs, cake. The kids are cake is a sweet dough. So a, a pie is a regular dough, but it's filled with sweet filling. A cracker is a regular dough, but it's very thin and crackly. And then you have a sweet dough, a sweet dough, which is cake. Rugalach. Rugalach is mezainous. You eat enough of it, you have to wash. But uh, the average, unless you're a yeshiva guy, I had a friend of mine who used to have to wash on, on rugalach because he used to just eat like case of rugalach for dinner. But the average person, you're not eating enough. Fine, but kids are... So, so what, what's... Svaradim and Ashkenazim disagree as to the definition of sweet, sweet rolls, but that's not for now. But Lamaisa... A mizonus roll, these rolls that you buy, you know, like with the tuna, it's not a cracker, it's not a pie, it tastes like bread, it's not sweet at all. So what's the, where does it come from? Where it comes from is, is the Sefer Das Torah. The Das Torah was the Sefer by the Marsham. The Marsham was a huge Paisik, the big Eloi of, of Europe, a Chassidish Paisik, Rav Shlomo Shadron of Debitzin, the, the, and, and, uh, of Brazil, and he writes in his commentary on Shulchan Aruch that if you have a dough that has no water in it, it's just fruit juice or yogurt, it's mezainus, even if it tastes like like dough. So Rebelski, this is all for, I'm just telling you what Rebelski says. Rebelski says, this sheet of the Das is not like the Shulchan Aruch, it's not like the Ramah, and more importantly in Rebelski's mind, the Das was not printed by him when he was alive. After he passed away, they found his notes and they posthumously printed it. Ravelsky felt that when you have something that's connected to Shulchan Aruch, that he didn't even print in his lifetime, maybe he didn't intend, maybe it was for his own personal notes and maybe he didn't intend, and therefore Ravelsky feels that Mazonas rolls, he's not into. Listen, most of the time, you're eating it, it's a meal anyway, you'll have to watch. But even if you're just snacking on it, and you don't eat enough to be a meal, Rebelski feels the whole thing is, uh, is mamish made up. Now, the Eid HaCharedis in Eretz Yisrael, and Yushalayim, they hold of it. And that's why you'll have on the airlines, they'll have it, and see them hold of it. Rebelski feels the whole thing is there. So I told the person like this, anytime you deal with Mizonis rolls and Mizonis things, I personally wash. I would maybe wash on bread to avoid the shayla, but this yogurt, the the bagel thing, if a mamish tastes like bread, I the only heter to not wash would be this das because you don't have any water. You're just using other materials. But if it tastes like bread, I said I personally would just wash on bread and avoid the shaila. But if I was stuck and I didn't have any other bread, I personally would wash. Someone wants to rely on the Mazonas bread? Okay, they have what to rely on. It's not the end of the world. But uh, if you uh, if you read the Ravelski, I, th- I, uh, I think you might be convinced otherwise. Oh.